0: Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, our friend Kevin Kopek sent us an editorial from the Detroit Free Press, and it was by a guy who was writing about a professor at NYU who was recently dismissed. He was dismissed because basically his students got together and gave him poor evaluations and said the class was too hard. And so it was sort of an interesting opinion about maybe has college gotten too soft on students? Are students not studying enough? And here's the best paragraph I read. The larger concern when it comes to NYU's sacking of Maitland-Jones is that we've normalized a college culture where students imagine that studying 10 hours constitutes a full week's academic work. Whether or not students have other interests or responsibilities, Treating college as an expensive multi-year holiday isn't good for students, colleges, or the taxpayers who subsidize much of this activity. And it's insulting to all those young people who routinely put in 10-hour days waitressing, driving trucks, working construction, and otherwise keeping us fed clothed and housed. And Don, the article is just interesting. And we obviously teach in K-12 education, but I could definitely see some crossover there. What did you think about this editorial?
1: I think college is too easy. If these people are complaining and upset about these level of grades, I don't think it should be a walk in the park. I
0: don't think it was that hard when I was
1: in school. How can people be complaining now?
0: It's a good point. At the same time, like, I mean, I don't know. People are paying a lot of money to be there. Don't you think they have the right to expect it to be easy?
1: No, it should be challenging. There should be some sorting. It should be some rigorous thing that you have to do. I mean, it's not supposed to be there for everybody and anybody can get through. And your parents can't help you. It seems to be the only place where your parents can't be the lawnmower and take down all the obstacles. This is make it or break it. Who's a doctor and who's a chemistry teacher? We need to find out.
0: We do. But I also just kind of kept thinking about how like our society has sort of decided that a college degree is the major thing that people need to obtain in order to have a lot of doors open for them. And because we have that sort of focus on going to college, we probably have a lot of people going to college that maybe really shouldn't be there. But at the same time, they're just trying to To get the piece of paper, as we've talked about on the case of the case against education book by Brian Kaplan, like they're just trying to signal that they sat there. Most people don't care if you learned anything. They just want that piece of paper. And this just to me seems like people that are saying like this, this class is too hard. Uh, I just need my piece of paper.
1: But that's not what this article is about. This article is not about commuters at Oakland University who went to OCC two years and work their way up and just want to get a nursing degree so that they can pay the bills. This is about an elite institution in New York city where people are just crying and whining. Cause what is it? 10% of the kids
0: fail. Well, I mean, isn't this kind of, what's interesting is you're right. NYU, a prestigious university. And yet, does this just sort of maybe take some of the, the makeup off in terms of, Hey, People at Ivy League schools are also lazy, and maybe they're not really the smartest people that we all want to think that they are.
1: Oh, they're entitled, just like everybody else. They think that because they got in, they should be done, and they should just feel a cruise. And um, that this class, which is a very challenging class, it's organic chemistry, right? Yes. Which is a weeder class to get into med school. That's the one that I was told at U of M when I was there, they started the class saying 20% of you get A's, 20% of you get B's and the rest of you won't be doctors. Boom. I love that. Let's sort them out. Who's going to be the doctors and who's going to be the nobodies. That's fine. We need nobodies out there. Well, what's
0: interesting, I guess, is what other organic chemistry classes are being offered at NYU. And if you were in those other classes, did they feel like, either the material was being taught well, or that it was somehow an easier class to get through, because clearly those professors were not dismissed. Now, the other part of all of this is, were there other complaints and were there other circumstances going on before this professor was dismissed? But could we also assume maybe this professor just wasn't very good at teaching organic chemistry?
1: Yeah, but there's a later on in the article, it says this is the, the uh, people reviewed, this guy was at Harvard before that, was fantastic at Harvard. I mean, he's not bad. He's just holding people accountable and issuing grades where 10% of the kids fail. Well, yeah, 10% of the kids probably should fail.
0: No, and that's a really good point. It definitely makes you just sort of wonder, as we've talked about multiple times, like, what is the purpose of college? It seems like a lot of people go there. And it also seems like a place now where there is maybe less and less academic intensity, if, if we could use that. or. I was just thinking about how colleges seem to now spend most of their time marketing themselves on like their athletic centers, uh the clubs that students can be a part of, the social opportunities. You don't really see any colleges marketing of you're going to come here and you're going to work super hard and you're going to study, you know, maybe 50, 60 hours a week and you still might not pass. Nobody does that. Instead, it's like here's the football games and these are all the things you can do for fun and it seems like that's kind of what people now kind of see college as, or maybe have they always seen college as that?
1: Well, and this professor at NYU, 60% of his grades were A's and B's. And then he's just, the other people are complaining that didn't get A's and B's. Well, do better, work harder. And I'm glad you brought up athletics because I can tell you that 60% of college athletes don't find success in college athletics. It's hard. It's a winnowing factor. My wife came in with eight girls all highly recruited track and field and cross-country athletes, they were all gone by the time she was a junior. She was the only one left. They'd all quit or dropped out or moved to another school. I mean, it's hard, and so should the academics. I mean, maybe not if you're just doing ls and and just want to get by like I did, but if you are somebody that wants to pursue a high-level class, and that's why you're taking organic chemistry, you should be challenged. It should be difficult. I don't think we're just there to coronate people and label them doctors. We want to have highly qualified people.
0: If your kids were to go to college, and I know that's a goal you have for them, and you have a high school son right now, how many hours a week would you like to know they're studying? Like, would you take pleasure knowing that they're staying up all night studying and studying? Or would you be disappointed if you found out that your son was barely studying at all?
1: I would be okay with him not studying as long as he got reasonable results. And this is part of the thing that really bothered me is, and when I was in college, I spent maybe one to three hours a week studying and doing work. The rest of the time, I was just having fun with my friends, competing, practicing, and sleeping. It was not that much time. And notably, I didn't get very great grades. I got a three-point at University of Michigan, but I got by, and it's not that hard. And that's the thing here is I don't think it's that hard. Just like it's not that hard to get A's and B's in a high school using general ed classes. My son's in not an incredible student, but he spends maybe less than a half hour a day on schoolwork at home and he gets all A's right now. I mean, it's just amazing. And so our bar just seems to have sunken so low. If you don't wanna to go to college, don't go to college. I'm not saying you should go to college. Go be a heating and air conditioning repairman, go be a plumber or whatever. These are good jobs that pay very well. And I told the kids they can, we told our kids we can do whatever, they can do whatever they want to do to make themselves happy. We think they'd enjoy college, but that doesn't have to be the pathway. And that's the thing. These people are here. They made it into a lead institution. They had incredible high school uh, resumes in order to get into NYU. And now they're complaining because 60% of the kids got A's and Bs. It just seems like that everybody just wants giveaways. They don't want to earn anything.
0: No, there definitely seems to be a sense of entitlement to it. Kind of reminds me of, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half ago, you and I did a podcast episode on Chegg. And that was the online cheating uh, service that people could just pay a, a regular subscription fee and then get correct answers within minutes right onto their phone it sounded like almost everybody in all colleges used chegg for everything and that nobody was really doing any work then i guess why aren't they using chegg at nyu for organic chemistry
1: maybe that's a thing maybe he does he gives assignments that are individualized so much that chegg doesn't work and the kids are frustrated and angry i mean it's just that there is possibly real hard work I mean, here's something you can learn in athletics. And any person that's played athletics at a high school or college level knows this. You can put in all the effort in the world and never be as good as somebody else. And some people can put in very little effort and be far superior to you. And that's just the way things are. And I think it's probably the same way in academics. And some people have to put in a lot of hard work and some don't put in hardly any. But it seems that a lot of people are willing to complain, at least in this situation.
0: That's true. And and I do like what you're kind of saying about entitlement. I wanted to read you this other paragraph from the editorial because it talks about a survey that was given to just like a thousand random college kids. Uh, and here's what I said. It said, a new survey of 1,000 four-year college students by intelligent.com offers illumination. While these kinds of surveys should always be treated with appropriate caution, the results are provocative, especially against the backdrop of NYU's dust-up with Professor Jones. For starters, 87% answered that they've thought at least one class was too difficult and that the professor should have made it easier. 64% said that that was the case with a few or most of their classes. While the students said they tended to respond by studying more or asking for help, 8% reported that they had filed a complaint against the professor. When it comes to challenging classes, 18% said the instructor should definitely have been forced to make the class easier. 48% said maybe. The most eye-catching finding though was what students reported about their work habits. Most said they're making an effort in their studies with 64% reporting that they put a lot of effort into school. But remarkably, of the students who answered, they're putting in a lot of effort. A third said they devoted fewer than five hours a week to studying and homework, and 70% said they spend no more than 10 hours a week on schoolwork. Don, you hear those survey results. What do you think? Well, they're only going
1: to class for like 12, 16 hours a week total. It's like, and so then they have lots of time left to study. What are they doing? Maybe they have jobs. Let's give them credit. They have jobs. (laughs) They're supporting their children that they probably had too early, or they're doing a second career, or they're supporting a loved one or caring for some sick person. I mean, maybe that's it. But somehow, I don't think it's the case. I think they're just messing around.
0: Yes, socializing—you know, having a good time—because I I do feel like that's kind of what you know. College has again marketed itself as, and I think a lot of people see it. And let's face it: you're 18, you're 19 years old. You get there, and you you want to go hang out with the other 18 and 19 year olds. And sometimes, uh, you know, influences are not always the best on people. But as you're saying, the people that can hack it kind of figure out a way to balance it all. And you know, who knows exactly what these students are doing, but. I did think it was interesting that we're down to about 10 hours a week of studying. They said, uh, you know, maybe a couple decades ago, that was two to three times more hours that people were studying. And therefore, maybe there really is a decline. And is it just that these kids don't even know how to study anymore, or they just don't see any value in it? Apparently not. Apparently, they don't see
1: value, or they're not required to, or they don't feel that they should be required to. Maybe their other parts of their life are too demanding. Or maybe they're focusing in on building connections with other people around them, which maybe is the greatest thing about college. At least that's the thing that I enjoyed the
0: most. Some people would say, you know, someday you're going to go to the real world and (laughs) everything's going to catch up with you in the real world. And that's why you need to study 50 hours a week right now. Right. And we tell that to kids in K-12. Hey, If you don't, you know, turn in this vocabulary sheet, then you're really going to be, you know, sorry in the real world someday. And I guess like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that the real world is going to catch up with these complainers that want to get rid of this professor or... Is it possible that like they said 85 students came together and they organized themselves and they wrote a petition and they, they got it signed and they were actually able to remove somebody on campus? Like, doesn't that show like some aptitude and ability to do something? Not organic chemistry, clearly. But like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting.
1: It reminds me a lot of a student in my class was telling me how he plays NBA 2K. And it's really hard to play NBA 2K. You have to put a lot of money, like $600 to make your player really, really good. And then you have to spend two to three hours a day playing the video game to get your player to be enough to compete. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I bet if you spent two, three hours a day, you'd be pretty good at basketball (laughs) and you can play real basketball. Why don't you do that rather than just play the video game? These people are really good at avoiding work and putting time into petitioning. It's not that this professor is objectifying women, or he is racist, or he's doing something else awful. He's not out there spouting anti-Semitic propaganda. He just runs a hard class. It is what it is. Do the work. You can do it.
0: That's a good point. They, they could have uh, just studied a little harder than going and uh, complete that that petition. That's a very good point. I guess my thing though is, you know, professors and even teachers like us, you know, we have a lot of latitude to sort of make up whatever hoops we want kids to jump through in courses. And sometimes I do wonder if professors and teachers can get caught up in almost taking things personal when maybe students get something wrong or they write some really weird questions that maybe they find interesting, but really maybe aren't hard hitting to the course or the subject matter. And, you know, is it, is it possible that what we've got here is a, is a professor that, you know, was maybe taking too many liberties and, and maybe that's why it was too hard.
1: There are teachers, and I'm sure professors, that try to make their course hard as a like a gold standard to make themselves, I don't know, more powerful, more influential, a kingmaker. But um, and I, my as a parent, I've encountered some of these with my kids, and I've, it's been very frustrating. As a teacher, I'm in my general education classes. I'm willing to do anything to help a kid. Like, look, just show me you know that on a piece of paper. Just illustrate that you understand the concept. I'll give you the grade. I only want to know is that you know stuff. I don't really care if you do the homework. And if you do know stuff, you did my, you did the thing that you were supposed to do. But and the similar is true in my AP class, but the AP class is more demanding and it's set up by the college board. And so there are high standards that one has to meet and not everybody makes it. They work, lots of kids work really hard and they'll never get an A and that's okay. That's the thing people should learn. It's okay to do your best and not be the best. That's why they should play sports. If you work really hard, that doesn't mean you're great. It means you improve. And that's more important is improving rather than getting an A just as the marker in itself.
0: Do you think then that we should be moving more and more towards credentialed tests. And, you know, some people have said, look, like college is, is is a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Not everybody can do it. And if you know the material, then maybe you should just go take a credentialed test and and show that you have mastery. And, and it almost makes you wonder if, should we bring back more standardized tests? And if you can get through the organic chemistry, national standardized test, isn't that good enough? And therefore we don't have to sit in a class uh, or we don't have to deal with, you know, somebody's, somebody's course. It's just like, do you know this or not? And therefore it would take out the whining and the crying of this was too hard. And instead it's like, here's the bar. You got to get over it. Um, and that's it. I took a class
1: in college. that was uh, it was called rocks for jocks, volcanoes and earthquakes. There was one grade. It was a final exam, no homework, no class attendance. I, I didn't go to class. I read the book. I scored it well on the test. I did well in the class. That's fine with me. What's the problem there?
0: I, I took a similar class that we also called rocks for jocks for my science credit. And why is it that earth science gets the rocks for jocks? Thing? Cause <laughs> there was the same class. I remember like we had to like walk through a river and look at the kind of like erosion on the banks. And we learned about like magma and like the, the nebulous theory, but like, I thought it was pretty interesting stuff. I don't think it was the easiest stuff in the world either, but yet like everybody cl- calls it a joke. Like do the geology teachers, are they feeling sad about themselves?
1: I don't know, but I'm glad you went. You're a better person than me. You went to the class and really learned something. Mine was just at a lecture hall. We weren't walking through rivers, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's fine. You, you showed you knew the thing. Great, move
0: on. Let's do this. Well, and- I may have showed that I knew the thing because here's always one of the great question marks that myself and and the other kids had <laughs> is the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I would say myself and about nine other kids showed up, and it was a class of maybe thirty-five or something like that. Everybody else had left for the weekend already, and I remember the professor's like, "You know what, everybody? I'm taking attendance today." And <laughs> he calls out roll, and if you were there, you said here, and all myself and and like because there were like other friends that I had, we all got an A in that class. And we might have also like knew the material as well, but we always wondered if possibly that professor decided just (laughs) these people are passing because they came (laughs) on this day, which to me goes to this whole point of maybe part of college classes are just really arbitrary. Again, a lot of latitude these professors have. Yeah, perhaps. But this is a class that we're talking about as a
1: gateway into medical school. It's not rocks for jocks or people taking this as an elective. Certainly there are real geology majors. They're working for oil companies drilling for oil. I don't think they're taking rocks for jocks. I think they're taking some hardcore real science. They know what that class is. And that's the point. <laughs>
0: But you got to, I mean, even the oil guys have to start, I think, at Roxford Jacks. I just i don't think so. I don't, think so. I, don't
1: think so. I think they're <laughs> jumping into something deeper, not a one credit class on geology for people that don't care about geology.
0: We need to bring back, uh, Dr. Herndon because I know that she's a professor of geology. We'd have to ask her how this all <laughs> breaks down.
1: Yeah, I, I, I well, she's not, a, she's not in a college now oh she does teach in a college I doubt she teaches rocks for jocks I can't see her taking that class really excitedly
0: usually I think she says that she has master's level students but then they're probably the ones that have to like TA it for right because wouldn't this be the other question was this professor actually in the classroom doing anything Usually, at these big universities it's, it's a TA that actually does any of the teaching they're like the professor's name is just on it Or the
1: professor speaking to 500 and then the TAs have groups of 20 to 30. Yeah. And the professor's got one section of honor students.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, like I remember though in college, the last class, we all like had these surveys and the professors were expected to hand out a course survey and you wrote down whatever it was you thought about the course or what the professor could do better or what they, you know, what you didn't like about it. But that was always a regular part. I have no idea where our surveys went. And I never recall ever seeing a professor leaving based upon a survey. Every once in a while, you had some student that was upset and they, you know, kind of talked about how they finally like, you know, really let that professor have it on the anonymous survey. But I guess my question is like, should colleges be getting these surveys out? Do they really want to know what students think? Like, if you are a college and a bunch of kids say this class is too hard, what should you do with that information?
1: It's a great question. I don't know what they do with those surveys. I mean, I give a survey at the end of class in my class as well. And it's always interesting to read. But the point is that you got colleges probably are. They're probably evaluating. I don't know if they're really reflecting and changing who's teaching what. Maybe they are now. It seemed to me that my professors at Michigan were
0: more focused on whatever research they were doing than teaching undergraduates. Totally. I I mean, totally. At the same time, like, you know, we both have a couple of master's in degrees that we got after we became teachers in order to uh, have a pay increase, you had to go get a master's degree. And, you know, I remember sitting through each of my different master's degree courses and the professors pretty much just being honest and being like, look, as long as you show up, and just kind of try to turn stuff in, like everybody's gonna pass here. And you just got a sense that like they, the programs and the universities were much more interested in just making sure that everybody was paying their course and, and paying for it so the money was rolling in, but you didn't want to be that hard because you didn't want your friends to leave and then go tell their other friends don't come and get a master's there, right? And it, it seemed like there was almost no integrity to the to the process other than I needed the credential, I paid my fees, I showed up, and that's kind of how it worked. And I don't know, it, this doesn't seem impossible, I guess, that maybe people would expect that colleges are just going to pass everybody.
1: You think they start class that way at uh, Harvard Business School?
0: I don't know. I mean, given... And, and
1: medical schools and dental schools, like, don't worry. Don't worry about this, this lesson on how to fill fillings. Everybody's well, getting through. Everybody's getting through. Even if you don't know how to do it, we'll get you through.
0: But I'll say this, though. Uh, like at medical school, once you get in... They have a real investment in you, and they are going to actually work pretty hard to try to keep you going, retain you, and 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 you know try to give you what you need so you can be successful. Which I kind of wonder. I mean, should we be doing that? Maybe for for uh, organic chemistry, but I don't know. I, I I I would have a hard time. I guess seeing maybe this situation at uh, maybe a lesser tiered school wouldn't you like if you're a lesser tier school do you really want to be known as the school that's got really hard classes and therefore if you're already struggling to attract students to come like I don't think you want that message out
1: no probably not but nevertheless students want to get into the rigorous schools because those are the most highly prestigious and therefore they leave with this degree that says that they went to a highly prestigious school. So if they're getting into the highly prestigious schools, shouldn't they expect it to be highly competitive? I guess that's my question. Who are these 20% of people going to NYU with highly highly certified, highly prestigious university and then demanding it be easy? What logic is this?
0: It's a good point. At the same time, I mean, those people, let's assume a couple of them probably got in because of social connections, right? Their family has some wealth and therefore they're there. And, and at the same time, they really shouldn't be there. But at the same time, I don't know how many people graduate out of the Ivies that, you know, kind of were more socially promoted with some gentleman C's than uh, actually showed knowledge.
1: Yeah, probably. But I just have little patience for them.
0: well I think it's interesting though because like you know k-12 education you and I are held accountable for student failures and we are expected to make all sorts of accommodations uh, to adjust uh, you know the the reading levels of a text or you know to 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 allow offer redos on assessments if students are, are struggling our whole goal is to to do whatever it takes to try to help a kid learn and I get it we're not college by any means but do you think colleges are doing enough at that level to uh, make sure they're they're meeting everybody's needs?
1: I, I I wonder if this is coming to colleges because at high schools there are retakes. It seems at many schools and certainly ours. And I don't have a problem with that. If a kid wants to do extra work to take another swing at trying to prove that they understand the concepts, I understand that. I get that. That's fine with me. That said, I'm not sure colleges are willing to give that second swing at it. Maybe they should. But it's got to be something where they're really measuring the student's performance because that's ultimately what we're not talking about here. What we're talking about is grades. What we should be talking about is, is the, are the kids demonstrating they have the skills in organic chemistry? If they don't have the skills, why should they get the grade? Maybe the grades are inaccurate. If the grades reflect the skills, then the grades are accurate and there should be no questions asked. But if the grades don't reflect the skills, then there's a whole other world that we have to, like, my mind's blown already.
0: I I would like to know why they felt like it was too hard and was it just the questions on the test were too hard and therefore like you got to study more than right or was there just certain requirements that they had to meet that were maybe arbitrary and stuff like that I, I would love to kind of have that drilled down information to just sort of get a sense of well why was it any harder than any of the other sort of science classes that you were taking.
1: Yeah, or were you upset because you didn't get an A? Because you always get A's. And yes, maybe that's the case. I know that's what makes kids upset in my class is if they get an A minus, that is very upsetting. And so, but I mean, it is what it is. It's a challenging class. You don't get A's in everything. Like I said, people should play sports. Sometimes you put out your best effort and
0: don't succeed. It is what it is. No, that's a really good point. I I have a lot of students that, uh, you know, will come and usually they always approach me and say, you know, Mr. Bill, I worked extremely hard in this class, extremely hard. And I don't have an A. What do I have to do in order to get an A? And, you know, you, of course, in the back of your mind, your first thing you think is, well, are you sure you worked extremely hard because you maybe if you had worked harder, you would have gotten that A. Or is it just that you were kind of hinting at this a little bit earlier with your sports analogies, we've gotten to a point in society where we've decided to equate hard work with you deserve, or you should get an A, or you should get a trophy, or you should get whatever it is, because you feel you worked hard. And maybe that's where we've gotten very confused in society. Absolutely. Because you can't, hard work doesn't necessarily get it
1: for you. It just may not happen for you and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to have everybody get an a you don't have to go to the best school you don't have to get the job that you wanted to get to be a doctor there's other things you can do but not everybody is certified to that everybody i'd love to play in the nba you would have loved to play in the nba right of course but there's reasons we're not there i can't shoot
0: (laughs) You're 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 not six,
1: six, six. You're not like, it's just like, it it is what it is. We would have loved that job. Okay, cool. It's not happening.
0: No, you're right. Well, here's the question then is, do you think college is too hard, too easy, or it's just right? I don't know,
1: Zach. I'm nearly dead. I've been to college so long ago that I don't know what it's like now. It was 24 years ago. And when I went, I was an immature idiot that somehow squeak through with a 3 point and at a major research institution without much effort. I have a tendency to say it's not that hard. <laughs> I'm not that smart, but yet I did find I put very little effort in for it. I know I wasn't pre-med, but it doesn't seem that hard. And my friends that were pre-med, some of them really, really worked hard. They were killing it 12 hours a day. And there were other friends who were pre-med and they only worked like two, three hours a day. You know what they both have in common? What's that? They're both doctors now. (laughs) It's just one had to work really hard and the other didn't. It is what it is. Would you
0: agree or, I don't know, I just felt like the author of this editorial seemed a little bit cranky. And again, you and I are the old guys now, Mm -hmm. the get-off-my-lawn guys. And he just seemed really cranky that kids were studying less than 10 hours a week at college. And he felt like they should be studying more. And I guess I just sort of wondered like, what's the perfect number of hours that somebody should be studying at college?
1: I think you should be putting some time into something. I don't know if it's necessarily the academics. I mean, for me, my time was almost entirely spent towards focusing on performing as best I could as an athlete. But there's other people there that were all in in musical theater and that's where their time and energy was or student government or whatever. Like you should be doing something really well. And if your academics suffer and you're really good at developing whatever you're doing, the robotics program or whatever, then maybe that's your real thing. And that's what you're building your resume on. And that's more important than academics.
0: If so, so be it. Do you could you come out and and defend uh these complainers that the class was too hard or would you say no 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 No,
1: not at all there's no way at a class where 60 of the kids get a's and b's i would find no way to defend the teacher for being too hard if the teacher is arrogant or an ass or offensive in some other way then sure or maybe there's a bad teacher although it doesn't seem to be the case in this situation then yeah that you can have an argument there but i can't say it's too hard if if 60 of the kids get a's and b's
0: Well, I guess sort of my final question or or thought about all of this is I feel like as I was growing up and, you know, maybe even my 20s is, you know, kind of the national editorials about universities and college life. It was always about how professors have lifetime tenure and there's no way you can get rid of these professors and there's no way uh, to do anything other than just sort of have to, you know, live with them until they leave. And I find it interesting that we're now talking about an article where a professor is being asked to leave. I don't know if they had tenure or not, but I just thought it was kind of an interesting shift. Here we are now complaining that professors have to go when it used to be like these professors, we can't get rid of them.
1: Well, just because a the professor's there does not mean they should they're teaching the class. They can have they don't necessarily get assigned classes to teach every year. They can just be a professor hanging out doing whatever and doing research or having a lab or whatnot, they should be deciding who are the best teachers. And they may not be the best researchers in your uh, in, in your division. And in the major research institution like NYU, there's a lot of people that could teach that class. Give it to the person that's good. And maybe they have high standards. Fine. Maybe this guy was just so sick of the irritation. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that class anymore. But it sounds like they had to chase him out. I have a feeling he's probably obstinate to the admin or something like that.
0: Hmm. Well, okay. Final, final question then. K-12 education. Again, you are allowed to ask students for surveys or their opinion of your class, but you don't have to. And students really don't have a say about who their teacher is. And if they don't like the teacher, they don't really have a say there either. Do you think we should be listening to K-12 students more about their educational experience or um, the performance of their teacher or if the class is too easy or too hard?
1: Ironically, I, I I'm again, this is counterintuitive, but I'm absolutely for listening to the kids. I have kids ask me all the time, "Who's a good teacher?" I, said, I don't know. I don't go in their classes. I see them in the hallway. They're friendly or they're not. I don't I don't know if they're good at their job or I have no idea. I just see what I see through a doorway when I'm walking by to go to the bathroom or whatever. And so, yeah, with well, the kids, input should be taken. I do a survey after every class, and I look at the data and. Most of it is complimentary, and I forget that immediately. And a very small amount of it is criticism, and I can't get rid of that. It just lodges in my head. That's the way it is with everybody and everything. We remember all the criticisms and forget the compliments. But I think that the kids are a good measurement. Now, is the class too easy or too hard? That'd be a fair measurement. But I think you can know kids will tell you if teachers are good. They'll say like this: this teacher's good, but they're really hard, and that's a fair criticism. They could also say, this teacher is really easy. Everybody gets an A and they don't teach you anything, which I hear more than anything before, uh, anything else. And I I think if I was admin, I'd want to do something about it. But yet we can't hire replacements. There's not enough people in the profession. So never mind.
0: (laughs) Therefore, this teacher shows up enough. That would be the, the new piece of feedback, right?
1: And ironically, that's in our evaluation. For you and I, at the end of the year, our evaluation, one of the things we're measured on is how many times we're absent. Not whether we're good at the job or hold kids accountable or or have good feedback from the students, we're measured on how many days we were absent.
0: Yes. And ironically, the thing I've always found interesting about that is technically our contract uh, you know gives us, I think, 10 sick days or something like that a year but we're evaluated on if we used like four days or something like that. It's, yeah, more it's not than even three
1: takes you yeah. down a notch. Like, Oh, okay. So what if heaven forbid you have a special needs child that's often ill or can't go to school? Like, Oh, well now you're a bad teacher. Like what? That makes no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's odd. And you're right. It is. It's an, it's an interesting way to evaluate. And it's obviously very far away from is Ms. McGoughlin easy or hard Do you think public school administration, and I guess this is where we need our friend Dave McKay to come on, if he hears this teacher's really hard, is he excited about that? Is he upset about that? And if he hears a teacher's really easy, how does he feel about that?
1: I would think if he said they're hard, but they're teaching important concepts and engaging, then he would be happy with that. I do know that he has conversations with individual teachers that he feels are not measuring up from an instructional aspect. And he's not focused on how hard or easy they are, but are they doing good lessons? And he's had to put them on conversations and other issues where he has to hold them accountable. So I think he knows pretty well who's a good teacher and who's not.
0: Okay. No, I, we'll have to we'll have to pick his brain next time we see him. And hopefully, if Dr. Herndon's listening out there too, uh, we'd love to really drill down further on the Rocks for Jacks uh, uh, debate.
1: Remember years ago when we first started teaching, the email server was so limited that they'd tell us that we had to delete all our old emails. And in that email would be the list of the teachers that had the most emails that are in their inbox. And it was like <laughs> a shame thing. You remember this? yes. Okay, we need to publish who gives the most A's and who has the smallest percentage of kids failing or getting lower grades and just so we could hold them accountable.
0: You know, that would be interesting, right? Wouldn't it be interesting if all of that data was made public and and I'm not sure what we would take away from it. It would be interesting to see maybe what sorts of um, behavior adjustments uh, that teachers make Maybe, maybe. Maybe some of it is totally unknowing behavior right it was happening but they really weren't thinking much about it I, you're right that'd be fascinating
1: also do their test scores which the district has all of them um, measure up to their grades and if not why not because then we can pretty quickly tell if they're measuring skills or we're measuring hard work I'd rather measure skills
0: yeah well it's kind of like um, like AP right um, I feel like usually, well, it should be kids who get an A in an AP class should be probably be getting a four or a five on the AP test. However, I bet you that is not the case, especially in this world now where we've got 5.0 grade scales and all of these things is I got to assume we've got a lot of kids getting A's in the class and not on the test.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, also necessarily their tests are may not be important to them their GPAs are important to them, but the test performance is not. And a month later or three months later, when they take that test, it may longer be something that matters to them or salient or whatever. My mom said, I'm taking this, but I'm not studying. Okay.
0: Right. Or the college just wants to see transcript with a next to AP calculus. That's really what I'm here for. And I wonder if a lot of teachers do help, you know, kind of give kids retake opportunities or find ways to, to make that, make that look better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting. And, uh, I, I think we'll have to kind of see what else kind of comes from this. And, uh, I, I'm sure that this is not going to be the last time we ever sort of talk about either college or school being too hard or too easy. Um, I, I think it's just a fascinating topic.
1: Oh yeah. It's really interesting. More research should be done, Zach. We need to win that a uh, billion dollar lottery and then create our own, uh, Our own think tank where we just do research and expose the flaws in life.
0: Yes, that's what I want to do, expose more flaws in life. Well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you this week, and I look forward to talking with you next week.
1: Absolutely, Zach. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye.